0: turning your Bibles tonight to Ooh. Galatians chapter 3, Galatians chapter 3. Let's read beginning at verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law, Or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit, and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this opportunity on Wednesday evening to come together and study your word together for a few moments and we pray that you would be our teacher and that you would speak to our hearts tonight and help us to see the things here that we need to see, that we might serve you and walk with you here in this world and we pray these things in jesus name amen tonight we want to continue looking at this third chapter of galatians as paul addresses and deals with these foolish galatians these foolish galatians And we want to see ourselves tonight in these verses. The Galatians are not here anymore. These verses are written for our learning. These people are in this state of spiritual confusion. They're halting between what we might call one opinion and the truth. They're halting between grace and works. They're halting between truth and error. Paul reminds them in verse 1 that the Lord Jesus and his death for their sins had been set before their eyes. We talk Sunday night in some detail about what that means for the Lord Jesus, to have been evidently set forth, crucified among these people. We talked about it from Psalm 22, where we saw something of the agony that the Savior endured for us as the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. This is the message that was preached in Galatia, the message that was preached in the synagogue in Antioch. We read about that in Acts chapter 13. I'd like for you to turn back there for just a minute to Acts chapter 13 to see what was preached to these people. Acts chapter 13 and let's read beginning in verse 26. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God, that was would be these Gentiles in Antioch, to you is the word of this salvation sent. For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they Pilate that he should be slain. And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. But God raised him from the dead. And he was seen many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who were his witnesses unto the people. And we declare unto you glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God hath fulfilled the same unto us their children, in that he hath raised up Jesus again. As it is also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption. He said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Wherefore he saith also in another psalm, Thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. For David, after he has served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. But he, whom God raised again, saw no corruption. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, the Lord Jesus Christ, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which he can't, could not be justified by the law of Moses. These verses come to mind when we read Galatians 3.1. This is when Jesus Christ was evidently set forth, crucified among these people of Galatia as the glorious message of these verses of, of Paul's sermon Uh, went forth and it went forth with the conclusion that we just read in verse 39. This is the conclusion that by him, by him through this man the Lord Jesus Christ is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins and by him all that believe are justified from all things from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. This is the message that these Galatians heard. And it's the message that they wanted to hear more of. Look at verse 42. And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, it's like a service here. The preaching comes to an end. People get up and they leave. But when the Jews had left, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. They wanted to know more. And when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who speaking to them persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And it's here... As we see in Antioch in verse 46, that the next week they gathered, but the Jews, when they saw the multitude, almost the whole city that turned out to hear the word of God, they were envious and jealous, and so they contradicted and they spoke against the things that were being preached by Paul. And so it's here that we see in verse 46 that Paul and Barnabas said, "We we we preached to the Jews. We preached to, to the Jews. It should be. It was necessary first for the word of God to be spoken to you. But seeing ye put it from you, you've rejected the message. You judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life." This is when Paul and Barnabas turned to the Gentiles. And when the Gentiles heard that, in verse 48, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed, and the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. The region that verse 49 is talking about is Galatia. Iconium and Lystra and Derby and Antioch, all these places that were part of Galatia. And what we see here is that those that believed were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. This is what Paul is recounting. This is what he is reminding and referring to in Galatians chapter 3. Let's go back there where he recounts how The Lord Jesus Christ, the message of the gospel uh, has been set before these people. The message of his death, how he was crucified, and how he rose from the dead. This is the gospel. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And by him, and him alone, all that believe... Are justified from all things. The law of Moses could not do that. Not ever. And so these Galatians had believed that message. And so Paul asked them some questions beginning in verse 2. He's taken their minds and hearts back to the place where they came to know the Lord. And he asked them these questions beginning in verse 2. This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Well, the answer, of course, we just read it, is that they received the Spirit by the hearing of faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that's what these people had believed. And so that being the case, he asked them, in, in in verse 3 again, he brings up this word foolish, foolish. Well, Peyton asked me tonight, she said, what are you preaching about? And I had to, to think for a minute. I don't know how you summarize a, a whole message in just a short period, a short answer. And so I said, well, we're going to be talking about foolish." Christians, foolish Christians, and that's probably the best way to summarize what we're talking about. Foolish Galatians, Paul asked them this question, are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it yet be in vain? Now I'd like for us to think about this question in verse 4 first. We're going to come back and think about the question in verse 3. But I want us to think about this question in verse 4. Have you suffered so many things in vain? Well, what things had these Galatian believers suffered? Well, I believe they suffered, suffered some of the same, same things that Paul And Barnabas suffered. I should have told you to keep your place in Acts chapter thirteen, but uh, let's look back there again, and we want to see some of the things that that Paul and Barnabas suffered, and I think that these believers also suffered. Look back at at chapter thirteen and verse forty-four. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, notice these words, contradicting and blaspheming. So Paul and and Barnabas and these Gentile believers suffered being contradicted. They suffered being spoken against. They suffered being railed at and reviled and being evil spoken of. That's not pleasant to to deal with. We might say that the pressure initially was on their minds, if you will. But the suffering soon became physical. Look at verse 50 of chapter 13. But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coasts. Now, they expelled Paul and Barnabas out But what about the Christians that lived there? What about those people? Well, I believe that the persecution that was against Paul and Barnabas would now quite possibly been taken out on these people. These Gentile believers there, these Christians would not have been exempted from the persecution. They didn't look at them and say, Oh, okay, you're we got rid of these two troublemakers, but it's okay for you folks to believe what they believed. No. Look at chapter 14 and verse 1. And it came to pass in Iconium that they went both together in the synagogue of the Jews. This is Paul and Barnabas. And so spake that a great multitude, both of the Jews and also of the Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil-affected against the brethren. Notice those words. Against the brethren. Paul and Barnabas are in another city of Galatia. And these unbelieving Jews come, and they stir these people up to turn their minds against not only Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas, but against the brethren. Verse 3. Long time therefore abode they speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace, and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Now, the signs and wonders that the Lord granted to be done by their hands, I believe is what Paul is talking about, what we read about in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 5 where he said, He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? There were signs and wonders. There were miracles that were being done um, by Paul and Barnabas and perhaps some of these uh, Gentile believers who were there He's he's telling them, though, that those things were done, these signs and wonders and miracles, they weren't done by the works of the law. They weren't done by the works of the law. They weren't done in the energy of the flesh. They were done by the hearing of faith. They were done uh, in demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God. Paul is continually making this point to these people. The contrast between the works of the law and the hearing of faith. Now, look back at Acts chapter 14 and verse 4. But the multitude of the city was divided and part held with the Jews and part with the apostles. And when there was an assault, notice that word, When there was an assault, that means a violent motion, a hostile movement. So the pressure is not just on the mind, it's on the body. And so Paul and Barnabas, um, when there was an assault made both of the Gentiles and also of the Jews with their rulers to use them despitefully and to stone them, they were bare of it and fled unto Lystra and Derbe. That Paul and Barnabas escape, and the physical uh, persecution goes with them, because at Lystra, Paul is stoned and left for dead. But again, what I want you to see is that the persecution was not just on Paul and Barnabas. Look at verse 21 of chapter 14. And when they had preached the gospel to that city, that was Derbe, and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch. So here's these uh, cities in Galatia. So we're still reading about Galatia, the things that happened there confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith. Now notice these next words. And that we must through much tribulation, affliction, trouble, persecution, oppression. That's what the word tribulation means. Paul is telling these believers that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. And the reason, this is is happening to these believers. This is why Paul says to them. Have you suffered so many things in vain? We're thinking about the things that they've suffered. Don't have a tremendous amount of detail, but they suffered these things. And the reason that these believers suffered is not because they were preaching the works of the law. (laughs) Everything would have been fine if they were preaching that. It's not because they had believed and were preaching that except you be circumcised and keep the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. No, it's because that they had believed this by the hearing of faith. That they were saved. It's because they believed that by the Lord Jesus, all that believe, believe, not work, not keep the law, all that believe are justified from all things from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. That's why these believers had suffered so many things. This is why they were hated. I was thinking. This is the reason that this church is so unpopular in this town. Most churches in town, I'm not going to name them, you know them as well as I do. They preach salvation by the works of the law. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And the people in these churches hear that and they say, All these have I kept from my youth up. I've never committed adultery. I've never killed anybody. I've never stolen anything. I haven't borne false witness against my neighbor. I've honored my father and my mother. All these things have I kept from my youth up. And the devil's preachers say, you're fine. You're fine. That's all you need to do to get to heaven. But then those people go out and they run into someone from the church down here in the hole. They run into somebody from here that says, no, no, that's not right. That won't save you. It says here in the book, it says here in the book that you lack one thing. And what you lack is Jesus Christ. That's what you lack. Because it's by him. It's by him alone. It's by his death for your sin upon the cross of Calvary. And yes, you've sinned. Yes, you have sinned. If, you have, if you've broken the law in one point, you're guilty of all. You are a sinner just exactly like God says you are. And you're not going to be justified by these things, by keeping the law of Moses. You need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to give up your works. And enter into his finished work on the cross of Calvary. And he'll give you his life. But religious people don't like that message. Religious but lost people don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear it from the people. And they don't want to hear it from the church that preaches it. But that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's an unpopular message. We need to remember what Paul said in Galatians 1 and verse 10. I'll turn back and read it to you. He said, For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. The Lord is who we ever need to please he is the one that we ever need to serve and be faithful to doesn't matter how uncomfortable things get doesn't matter what things we might suffer that's one of the practical messages to us here from galatians chapter 3 but there's another very practical message for us in In chapter 3 and verse 3, if you'll turn back there. The question that Paul asked these Galatian believers are ye so foolish? Are ye so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect? By the flesh. Verse 3 is a critical question. And it's not just a critical question for these Galatians. Because I said, as I said a minute ago, they're gone. They're gone. This question remains. This question is for us. God has preserved it here in his eternal word for our Learning for us to think about. These Galatian believers had begun in the spirit. They had received the spirit by the hearing of faith. And not by the works of the law. So why would they think. That they were going to be made perfect. Complete. Um, That's what that word perfect means. It's the idea of reaching Full uh, spiritual development and spiritual maturity. Why would they now think that they were going to be made perfect by the flesh? How did they think they were going to somehow serve the Lord in the flesh? In the light of the fact that in me, in you, in our flesh dwelleth no good thing. We've been talking Uh, We talked in a couple of messages uh, when we were talking about Galatians 2.20 and being crucified with Christ and how that related back to uh, God's command in 1 uh, 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 3 where Saul was to go and destroy Amalek, a picture of the flesh. So how are we going to somehow be made perfect by the flesh When God's plan for us is to destroy it. Put it to death. There's no good thing there. We're supposed to mortify. We're supposed to put to death the deeds of the body. We're to mortify. We're to put the flesh to death. God has. He's already done that. This is what we... Talked about in Romans 6 and verse 6. Knowing this. That our old man is crucified with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed. So why would we not live in the light. Of what God has accomplished. Of what he says is true. This third verse. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit. Are you now made perfect by the flesh? It's a reminder of a verse that we talk about so often. Colossians 2.6 As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. How did we receive Christ Jesus the Lord? The same way these Galatians did. We received him by the hearing of faith, not by the works of the law. And so how are we supposed to live the Christian life? The same way, by the hearing of faith, not by the works of the law, not by the works of the flesh. We're to walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We'll read that over in chapter 5 and verse 16. You see, one of the dangers that we face is reading this third verse and thinking that it doesn't apply to us. Why? We would not confuse faith and works when it comes to salvation. But how many times do we get this order wrong when it comes to doing the Lord's work? And instead of doing the Lord's work by the hearing of faith, we do it by the works of the law. We do it in the energy of the flesh. There's an example of this in, in the life of, of one of many of our favorite people in the Bible, and that's Peter. Look back for just a minute to Matthew chapter 16, if you will. Matthew chapter 16. Look at verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist. Some, Elias, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now look at verse 17. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. The Lord Jesus said that his father revealed that to Peter. Peter received it, how? He received it by the hearing of faith. And notice that it was not revealed by flesh and blood, he received it by the hearing of faith. Now, look at verse 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he, that's the Lord Jesus, he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Now think about something here. Here's Peter in verse 16, receiving the message from heaven. Not by the flesh, but by the hearing of faith. And there, he is savoring the things that be of God. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And folks, savoring the things that be of God, that's the only way that we can minister for the Lord. It's the only way that that we can do His work here in the world. But look what happens here. And it happens in a moment of time. Now, how much time elapses here, we don't know. But I don't think that it's any accident that we have Peter's confession. We have him receiving the message from heaven by the hearing of faith. And then here we are just just a few verses over. And what, what do we see? We see Peter going from savoring the things that be of God to savoring the things that be of men. In other words, to savoring the things of the flesh. And he goes from doing the Lord's work. He goes from proclaiming the Lord's message in the power of the Spirit. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's our message, isn't it? That's our ministry to give forth that message, to identify who the Lord Jesus is. Peter goes from doing the Lord's work and the power of the Spirit to doing it in the energy of the flesh. And what Peter ends up doing is actually being used of Satan to hinder the work of the Lord. I believe that this is the application of this third verse to us today. Are ye so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? How many times have we gone from ministering and laboring for the Lord in the power of the Spirit of God, and we've gone from that, Savoring the things that be of God. And in a moment of time, we begin to savor the things that be of men. We begin to savor the things of the flesh. And we end up doing exactly what Peter did. Hindering the work of the Lord. Hindering the work of the Lord that we're professing to do. And the effect of that, again, is exactly what we see in the life of Peter. We don't turn over there. But over in John chapter 19, we read about how Peter cut off the right ear. He cut off the right ear of the servant of the high priest. That's the effect that we have. When we stop savoring the things that be of God, and when we stop ministering in the power of the Spirit of God, and we start ministering in the energy of the flesh, we cut off the right ear, the hearing ear, of the people around us that we're supposed to be helping, and so this third verse is a critical question to ask ourselves as we serve the Lord. Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, or are you now made perfect by the flesh? Are we savouring the things that be of God, or the things that be of men? Are we serving the Lord? In the power of the Spirit or in the energy of the flesh? Important question to consider. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you that you put these examples in the Bible for our learning to show us ourselves, to show us the tendency of our hearts to begin in the Spirit and then end up trying to do your work in the flesh. We pray that you would show us every day the need to die to self. To be crucified with Christ. To reckon ourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. But alive unto you through Jesus Christ our Lord. And we pray these things in Jesus name. Amen.